Welcome to the Lifeline Podcast, brought to you by the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation. Whether you are a code enforcement officer, building inspector, or any other type of inspector, this officer safety podcast is for you. Our hosts and guests will discuss officer safety, training, equipment, and the foundation. Now, here is your host, Justin Edson. Hello, everybody. My name's Justin Edson. I'm the president of the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation. And joining me today, I have Tim Sun, who is the vice president of the foundation. And then we also have Jessica, who is the daughter of Jill Robinson. And we also have Lorraine Case, who is the wife of Chip Case, uh, joining us today. And we're going to have a uh, conversation uh, to honor both of them and learn a little bit more about them. Uh, but just to start, I'd like to talk about the Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation. The foundation was started last year in honor of fallen code officers across the country and to provide resources uh, for colleagues that we have uh, to discuss officer safety training and to track statistics across the country. And this foundation is a nonprofit uh, charity that is uh, raising donations to keep the message alive and keep it moving forward to promote officer safety in this profession. And so part of that is we'd like to have this chance to honor uh, those uh, family members of code enforcement officers that have fallen um, over the years in our profession serving the community. And so um, with that, I'd like to um, welcome uh, Lorraine Case. And I was wanting to ask you if you could share a little bit about yourself and, and about Chip, um, anything that you're comfortable with sharing. We'd like this opportunity to hear about him and your family um, at, at, with uh, anything that you'd like to discuss freely. Hi, Justin. Um, thank you for, for having me here. Um, my husband, uh, Chip Case, he was born and raised in Georgia. Um, he left for the military, for specifically the USMC, in, uh, when he was 20. And he served 14 years um, before getting out. Um, during that 14 years, he served five combat tours overseas. Um, and we ended up deciding to move to Georgia in 2016 where then he received a job with animal control for three years before joining code enforcement in Richmond County, Georgia. Um, he worked with code enforcement um, up until the date of his death, which is August 20th, um, 2020, when he was actually uh, murdered while on the job. Um, we have four children together and we have been married for 18 years and um, he was a great person, friend, son, father, husband. Um, he was very passionate about his job and uh, was very excited when he got the job at Code Enforcement. 
And and how uh, how long was he with the code enforcement unit there? Nine months. Nine months. And he uh, really enjoyed working for the uh, the city and uh, yes. helping that community. Yes, he did. He seemed uh, very uh, much a civil servant and serving the country and and serving the community. That's very noble um, and appreciate what he's done for the country uh, and the citizens of Georgia too. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. And uh, I wanted to ask a similar question with uh, Jessica. Um, if you feel comfortable speaking about um, your mother, Jill, um, anything that you'd like to share about your family and about Jill, uh, and anything that you'd like to share, that'd be great. Yeah, I just want to say thanks for having me and it's nice yeah. to meet you, Justin. Yeah. It's so good to see my friends, Tim and Lorraine. And I have tissues here and I wrote down some of my thoughts and um, don't want to start with crying, but sorry. Take take your time, take your time. Um, my mom was just my best friend and I think that there's a lot of people that would say the same thing and my family just misses her so much and my mom was always working so hard and she made the best of everything and she made everything fun and she was always doing nice things for other people and she just made the world a better place and I didn't think that anyone would ever know who she was or hear what happened to her so I'm so glad we can remember her today and I'm overwhelmed with the support from Tim <laughs> and I am so thankful for your friendship and I can't even just, I can't even say how thankful I am that you honor her with the GoFundMe for the um, Bulletproof Vest donations and honor her in this foundation and I'm just so excited for your foundation. I think it's going to make a big difference for code enforcement safety. Thank you. And, and um, how, how long was Jill with, um, with code enforcement? Do you recall? Yeah, she had just celebrated her 10 year anniversary. 10 years. West Valley. And did, how, how did she feel? Uh, did she talk much about uh, uh, working in that position and, and serving uh, the community? How did she feel about uh, going to work in that position? Um, she loved it. Um, she she was on the board of KCL for a while. Oh wow. Um she talked about I don't know, she just loved it, but she said she hated it when people's things had to get taken away. Mm. She's like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I understand. Yeah. It's a sometimes a, a tough uh profession to be in uh with interacting with folks um and trying to fix the problems and work with people. And so it's, it presents its challenges. And so. Did I say KCO or Yoka? <laughs> Did I say Yoka? I, th I think it was Yoka. Okay, good. Yes. <laughs> um, okay. I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and uh, we, like I said, we, we definitely uh, truly appreciate this uh, opportunity to discuss and honor um both Chip and Jill, um, and Jill um, had uh, been murdered in 2018. Um, and uh, as Jessica mentioned, uh, Tim has been uh, a big advocate since then, um, 
promoting safety and trying to raise the awareness in this profession uh, to keep people safe so that uh, code officers um, can um, return home to their families and, and keep serving their communities. So I really appreciate that input. Um, and, and this Thursday, we actually have uh, a national discussion uh, about officer safety for code enforcement officers. And we have dozens of people from different states coming um, to discuss what the future holds for that. And that can include training opportunities uh, to policies, to access to certain equipment. Um, this job presents its challenges and its, and its risk to um, violent situations. And I wanted to start off and see if you both have any ideas or opinions based off what you know of code enforcement, what you know about uh, your, your family member, um, and what you think would benefit code enforcement officers in this profession to keep them safe uh, so that uh, tragedies don't continue to happen. So I wanted to start with you, Jessica, if, if there's any advice or ideas that you have uh, regarded to, regarding officer safety that you think would benefit the profession um, to keep people safe, whether it's training or equipment, um, and if there's anything that um, you think um, would, would help them uh, doing their job. Okay. Um, well, I want to start by saying that my mom wanted to be a police officer, and she graduated from the police academy when I was a teenager. Um, and then she got a job as a code enforcement officer in 2008 for West Valley. And I was, I was so relieved. <laughs> I was so relieved because I was terrified of like something bad happening to her as a police officer. And, you know, obviously I was just so mistaken. I didn't know how dangerous it was to be a code enforcement officer. And I, I didn't know about the other murders like Cynthia Bulk and Rodney Morales and Mickey Ray, I think, and some others. And I don't know if she knew about them either. And I just wonder maybe, maybe if she did know, like, would that have helped her in some way? Like, so I think people need to be aware and, um, and for training, my mom, um, she renewed her post or certification she kept it current even though people told her that she didn't need that but she felt like it was beneficial to her job somehow you know so she kept it certified kept certified and um and she continually had to do like training to keep that so I'm not sure kind of what training she did but I think that all officers, code enforcement officers should have self-defense training and de-escalation. And then I'm not quite sure what other things, but there's probably a lot. <laughs> and for a wish list, I, I wish my mom had everything that police officers have. Because I was thinking like, if she had a partner and a vest and a police radio and weapons to protect herself, maybe that would have deterred Kevin Billings from doing what he did. And just, uh, just, I just feel like he treated her like she was nothing more than like a pesky fly, you know? And 
you know, maybe if that those things wouldn't deter him, I wish she had a fighting chance. You know, I wish she had a gun so she could fight back because the only thing you can fight someone with a gun is with a gun. So, um, it's just like not fair if people say she, she's the exception, you know, because she was ambushed. It's just, it's just not fair because it could happen to anybody. Because code enforcement officers have like a little bit of power over people, and some people can't can't handle that. And you know, my mom was murdered over garbage, and I just think that all code enforcement officers should be able to protect themselves just by whatever means it, and by all means. That's, I think that's everything I was thinking. Appreciate that. That's great. Great points and uh, very valid. Um, and that's a really big part, like I said, of what Tim's done and what the foundation's focused on is um, always remembering Jill um, and uh, the beautiful person she was and is. And we, we look forward to always honoring that, always. So uh, we really appreciate those comments. Um, and I wanted to ask the same question with Lorraine, if there's anything that you'd like to bring up or discuss related to um, training, safety equipment, um, anything that you feel from your knowledge of uh, what CHIP did that would uh, help keep code enforcement officers safe um, and hopefully minimize future tragedies. Um, I believe it would be beneficial if code enforcement officers had mandatory trainings that were done, whether they're annually or um, quarterly, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, it might, it would depend on where they're at and stuff like that, but not sitting behind the computer and just clicking buttons, but live training um, by a certified instructor in that field who can teach them different things and, and uh, talk with them about uh, different things that, that I don't have any idea about. Um, so it would definitely have to be somebody in that field um, that was relatable and and could give them information that they may not have. Um, definitely a bulletproof vest. Um, I think should be mandatory for all of them. I don't care if you're just in a small town or anything like that, but um, I, I think it's mandatory or it should be mandatory. Um, a radio should also be carried and maybe checking in as if a police officer would like if they're pulling somebody over, if they're showing up to a place and I don't know how it is everywhere or even how it is here. Um, but, uh, they should definitely have a radio and, uh, check in and say pulling up to this address. So that way somebody's kind of there with them if they can't have somebody with them. Um, I would like them to be able to carry pepper spray at a minimum. Um, I know 
not anybody can just carry a weapon uh, such as a gun um, and each city would be, you know, have to be liable for anything um, if something bad were to happen. However, um, I, I'm not too knowledgeable on, on guns, but if nothing else, pepper spray is non-lethal. Um, and that's something else that they could uh, have with them. Um, um, I think when you're hiring a code enforcement officer also, uh, and not that I've run into this, this is just what I'm thinking. Um, I think uh, each code enforcement officer should have um, strong verbal skills to be able to communicate effectively with the demographics that they're um, going to be serving. Um, they should also be clean in appearance. Um, I believe having a identifiable uniform uh, showing that they are somebody in the public service um, would be um, beneficial. Uh, hopefully as a deterrent to anybody that's an aggressor. Um, and, uh, and just maybe even uh, open communication within their department for what is working and what is not working within that county or city um, to improve because we can't say what's gonna work here is going to necessarily work um, in you know uh, in Ohio or wherever um, every everywhere is different um, so there should be some sort of open discussions within their department each quarter however often should be warranted but um, to decide which instructions that they have written should be maybe, updated or changed um, to suit what, what they have going on. Um, beyond that, I, I don't know enough to really speak about, but uh, I think that's a good starting point. That's great. Thank you both so much for sharing. Um, I just really want everyone to see how real and raw and unscripted this was. This is your Code Enforcement Officer Safety Foundation. We are charitable foundation. None of us profit from doing this. This isn't a side business for us. This is a charitable foundation formed to protect Code Enforcement Officers. Jessica, you brought up a great point where your mother wanted to be a police officer and how you were thrilled that perhaps because the dangers sounded less in being a code enforcement officer and that you were relieved. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about the tragedies that have occurred. And someone had asked me recently why I'm so passionate about officer safety. And this is it. Um, your mother's passing affected the entire industry deeply. 
those who know the story. Because that could have been any one of us. She was just doing her job and she lost her life over property maintenance. And that shouldn't be happening. I promise you that this foundation <laughs> I love you, Tim. That we're going to spread the message. And your mom's death is not going to be in vain. And neither is Chips or anybody else's. We will do what we can to share the message across the globe and find the best vetted instructors in the field and we do do that Lorraine about um, hands-on officer safety that's something I founded in California and actually worked through with our association and insurance and everything else um, that would be one of our goals to do that around the globe so thank you both so much I tried not to talk too much today because I knew this would happen um, so thank you Justin I thank you for keeping it together a lot better than I did um, so in closing, I just wanted to see if you guys wanted to add anything before we close out. Um, Jessica, we can start with you. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> just want to say thank you, Tim and Justin, and I'll help you in any way I can. I just, I think that this foundation is going to make a big difference in the world and um, I also want to say thank you to everyone who sent me letters and cards and coins and that Tim collected and gave to me. And um, uh oh, I'm, uh, you guys are frozen. Oh, there you are. Okay, we're back live. <laughs> okay, hopefully that is still going. Okay, <laughs> yeah, I just want to say thanks to everyone who sent me letters and. They all mean so much to me, and I wanted to write back to everybody, and it was just, I'm really sorry, Jen, it was just really painful. I've done a lot of healing and trying to be better, and just, I want to say hi to my mom's coworkers and friends, and hope you're all staying safe, and I love you guys, and I love you, Lorraine, and Hopefully we can do this again and <laughs> maybe I won't cry, but. We will we'll definitely have the both of you back in future interviews. Thank you. Lorraine. Um, I love you guys too. Um, and I'm happy to be a part of something that will hopefully help another family um, not have to go through this. Um, I appreciate your foundation um, or the foundation um, that you all have headed up. Um, and uh, I think good things will come from it and I will support you guys 100%. Thank you so much, Lorraine. And for those out there, thank you so much for joining us for this interview today and stay safe out there. Thanks for listening to the Lifeline Podcast. Be sure to visit codeofficersafety.org 
And if you're enjoying the show, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. We really appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time.